Good morning, everybody. You are listening to or watching A Cup of St. Joe, and where we serve an espresso shot of teaching and devotion about St. Joseph during this year of St. Joseph. One of the things I always like to do or draw attention to are the different saints on the liturgical calendar. And of course, we live liturgically in a sense. And one of them that is upcoming is St. Ignatius of Loyola. He is the founder of the Jesuits. You might know about the Jesuits, but not realize you know the Jesuits because maybe you know of Marquette University or maybe Villanova or some of the other institutions of higher education that the Jesuits oversee and are in charge of. Today, I'm joined by a friend of mine, a, a Jesuit who is the current leader of the Apostleship of Prayer or the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network here in the United States of America, Father Joe Laramie, who is based out of Milwaukee at Marquette University right now as he oversees that work. So welcome to the Cup of St. Joe, Father Joe. Father Looney, thanks uh, for having me. Great to be back. Yeah, so you've done a number of things with me, and and uh, sometimes when I pass through Milwaukee, I give you a text and let you know, and sometimes we get together, so that's always fun, always great. Maybe, you know, we're talking about St. Ignatius, this feast day, July 31st. Could you give, paint a brief biographical sketch of St. Ignatius for people who might be unfamiliar? Yes, this is uh, especially appropriate because this is also the year of St. Ignatius, uh, this is many years at once, year of St. Joseph, year of St. Ignatius, also the year of the family. Uh, our Jesuit Pope went ahead and blessed all these things like, hey, we're Catholic, right? The more the merrier. Let's just, uh, one more party, why not? So 500 years ago this year uh, was the conversion of St. Ignatius very dramatically uh, in the year 1521. Uh, he was from a wealthy family was a soldier in the Spanish army and was fighting against the French in Pamplona and was hit by a cannonball in the knee. So if you think you got knee pain, a cannonball to the knee. <laughs> he falls to the ground in agony. So again, 500 years ago this year in May, um, everybody thinks he's gonna die. He's carried back to his family castle by some friends, is given last rites. His family gathers in prayer around him. And then slowly, miraculously, he begins to recover. Um, as he does so, again, pretty slowly and painfully, got two words for you, medieval medicine. Okay, a lot of great things about medieval times, the architecture, the poetry. Thankfully, medicine has come a long way. So pretty uh, rough moments for him. As he's there lying in his bed um, in that time of recovery, he has two books on his nightstand. Uh, one is The Lives of the Saints. And then one is called The Life of Christ. It's not the Gospels exactly. It's more of kind of like a little devotional book by a, a man named Rudolf of Saxony that, you know, would have kind of a line of scripture, maybe from the Gospels, let's say the call of St. Peter, and actually kind of helps stir his imagination. So that writer would sort of sketch it out and say, you know, I will ponder with my imagination, Jesus looking upon St. Peter there on the seashore. Uh, what would Peter be thinking and feeling as he looks upon his savior who now calls him to be a fisher of men? So kind of stirring his mind and heart. And again, he's got some time on his hands. If you've ever been sick, uh, laying in your bed, there's a little time to pray and think about your life. It seems like up till that point, Ignatius was something like, you know, kind of a cultural Catholic. Um, 
you know, kind of checking the boxes on uh, Christmas and Easter for sure. You know, maybe doing a little something during Lent, but it uh, seems like his heart wasn't really in it. But this is a real turning point for him. He reflects on uh, the greatness of the saints, the call of Christ, and tells his family, okay, everybody, love you guys. I'm feeling better, so I'm going to walk to Rome and then take a boat to Jerusalem so I can see where Jesus lived and walked. Along the way, he's walking, going to shrines, uh, talking to people. He's got a little notebook where he maybe jots down something that comes to him in prayer or that he hears at mass. Well, this becomes kind of the, the rough draft of something called the spiritual exercises. So that is really his masterpiece, um, his kind of retreat manual that he gives to the whole church and especially the Jesuit order to kind of lead this mode of prayer for other folks. Um, Fast forward ahead a little bit, goes to the Holy Land, comes back to Europe. It's kind of wondering what happens next. So he decides, you know what, I probably need to do some studies so that I can help souls more fully. Goes to the University of Paris. And there his roommate is a guy named Francis Xavier. Perhaps you've heard of him. So these two are college roommates together. You know, uh, me and my roommate, I'm not sure people would have thought we were saints. Uh, there's a lot of pizza boxes, um, a lot of Nintendo, uh, you know, this is mid-90s, so things were a little different then. So Ignatius slowly wins over Francis Xavier, who's also somewhat of a worldly sort of guy. Um, they're serving the poor, they're leading little retreats for college kids, and then just, you know, these are kind of the mustard seeds of the early Jesuit order. So these men gathered uh, in a spirit of prayer and service. They go to the Pope, who is glad to bless their community together and then kind of the rest is history so they start founding these schools um, that are now spread around the world uh, these great missionaries like saint francis xavier are sent off to asia africa the, the new world and we're very honored to celebrate saint ignatius in this year so saint ignatius you know founds this order called the jesuits like you said saint francis xavier I remember one of the very moving things that St. Francis Xavier uh, wrote was like, uh, you know, I might not see you again, but I'll see you every time as we celebrate the Eucharist or something like that. So very uh, touching uh, spirituality of realizing I'm going to go to India and I'm never going to see my brother again, my friend, my, you know, this person with whom uh, we, we decide to follow this call together. So uh, the Jesuits form... They have universities, as we know today, various apostolates. Uh, the spirituality of the Jesuits, you mentioned the spiritual exercises. We'll talk about that momentarily. But I'm wondering, in general, is that, well, how did St. Joseph interplay in the life or devotion of the Jesuit order? Yes, um, really this uh, spirit of contemplative prayer. Um, you know, which is something Ignatius uh, is drawing on the history of the church, but you know, with his own gifts and talents, really kind of, uh, I don't know, pumps up the volume on this, kind of helps uh, spread it more widely so that all people can share in it. You know, it's simply this. It is, okay, Jesus is truly the son of God who lives and walks among us, who takes on flesh, so that I can use my senses, my five senses, seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, smelling, and my imagination to really engage these scenes of the Gospels. And for Ignatius, no doubt his favorite part is the nativity, the birth of Jesus. 
Um, this is the name he gives to his religious order, the Society of Jesus. He spends more time on that in the spiritual exercises than any other scene. And, you know, I should also say, of course, he loves Jesus as Lord. Really, his next love is for Mary. Okay, no surprise. He, he's a good Catholic boy. Um, she is uh, the mother of God, the mother of Jesus. And then St. Joseph is there as, you know, in a sense, that's where we want to be, right? He's close to Jesus and Mary. We want to be just where he's at. Um, Ignatius tells us we should imagine ourselves as a, a faithful little servant there at the nativity. And we should imagine, you know, how would we want to help in this holy moment? Uh, you know, perhaps doing some little chores for Mary, like uh, bringing her a drink of water, um, some towels. Is there something to make her more comfortable? What would St. Joseph say as he looks upon Mary, uh, his beloved bride, in this moment when she's about to give birth? Is there anything I would want to say? Uh, is there anything I would hope that they would say to me? You know, maybe a word of encouragement, um, a word of blessing to me. So, you know, Joseph is there, I think, as a real model of obedience, um, following the Father's call, that closeness to Jesus and Mary. And in a sense, that's what I want to do myself. And then are there specific prayers? You know, I'm sure Ignatius encouraged personal prayer and, and that's through the spiritual exercises, but also um, in terms of just kind of formulaic prayer. Was there anything like that in the Jesuit community? You know, a couple of his favorite prayers, you know, certainly the Hail Mary, um, the Anima Christi prayer, which um, briefly is soul of Christ, sanctify me, body of Christ, save me, blood of Christ, inebriate me. So a real sense of the kind of fleshiness of Jesus, you know, his, his body and blood, um, you know, there as a little child, but also dramatically there on the cross. You know, I can't think of a particular prayer to St. Joseph, but um, again, I would say those early scenes in the life of Christ, Ignatius really does, I think, plunge us into those uh, for that contemplation. You already mentioned this, that in the spiritual exercises, it's really an engagement of the imagination. And he experienced this when he was bedridden. He experienced this as he read that book. Uh, and in the spiritual exercises, then he leads us through the, the, the as you mentioned, the sights, the sounds, the feelings, all of these things. What, what are some ways that maybe we could engage St. Joseph in our own personal imaginative prayer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, you know, Joseph's a man of few words, right? He, he doesn't say a single thing uh, that's recorded in the Gospels. And yet we do, you know, we see a fair amount of him um, in those uh, early parts of the life of Jesus, um, following the Annunciation, uh, the journey to Bethlehem. You know, so I think we're, we're invited to kind of imagine that scene. Um, also, Joseph is a man on the, on the move. I kind of used... St. Joseph is my patron for, um, I did my own summer retreat. Uh, Jesuits are asked to do that uh, for themselves each summer. And I really just kind of tried to walk with Joseph. You know, as Jesuits, we're men on the move, right? I just moved to Milwaukee a year ago. I was in St. Louis before that, Kansas City before that, Boston before that. So, you know, maybe that too kind of grabbed Ignatius. Like, that. yeah, Joseph, he doesn't just stay in one spot. He follows wherever the spirit leads him. Um, and with a, a real eye to protecting and caring for uh, Jesus and Mary. 
So I think we can try to, you know, even just imagine Joseph's, his own emotions, perhaps. Um, you know, how about this little moment? Um, okay, not explicitly recorded in the Gospels, and yet we see the effects of it. Um, Mary says to him two words, I'm pregnant. Okay. We see Joseph, right, shortly after that. Um, his sorrow, his confusion. He loves this woman. He is no doubt hoping to be a faithful husband and father. And now it feels like those dreams are shattered. He considers just kind of quietly breaking off this engagement. And then this angel speaks to him, says, yes, Joseph, you can trust your fiance. She has been faithful to you. You know, even let's imagine that next conversation. You know, maybe the next morning, Joseph goes to Mary and says to her, okay, I had this dream. Um, God is calling me. I know that you were following God's call and uh, I want you to be my bride. You know, let's just kind of imagine that little moment, you know, mm. perhaps Mary's joy um, as maybe she could see the look in his eye when a few days earlier, she shared this news with him and you could see his sorrow and confusion even in that very moment. Um, and then, you know, this keeps happening, right? So then there's another dream. Um, that, okay, gosh, we've now got the son of God with us, but now we got to make a move again because Herod's going to come for us. Um, you know, of course, I'm not married. I don't have a kid, but I got to imagine, you know, with a newborn, you do not want to be riding around on a donkey in the Middle East. I just have to imagine <laughs> that is nobody's idea of fun, you know, and this beautiful young woman who was just given birth, she, I'm sure, wants to stay there to care be in a safe and quiet place, but well, that's not quite uh, the part Yeah, definitely. And you might know this, but the Holy Father is a Jesuit. And so you can imagine <laughs> that as he calls for the year of St. Joseph, he almost leads us in this document, Patris Corday, uh, in a little reflection on St. Joseph. He, he writes this, a tender and loving father, Joseph saw Jesus grow daily in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. As the Lord had done with Israel, so Joseph did with Jesus. He taught him to walk, taking him by the hand. He was for him like a father who raises an infant to his cheeks, bending down to him and feeding him. So I really think those are some of the things that we can engage in a sense. Like, uh, what was it like for Joseph to you know, make his home with Jesus? What was it like imagining that carpenter shop? And of course, these uh, artists over time have given us great depictions um, of their own imagination of, of Joseph in the carpenter shop, of Jesus being there. But I, those little hidden moments that aren't even in the scriptures can be mm -hmm. that source uh, of our own prayer and meditation. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a great little document. Um, yeah, Father Looney, you've certainly looked through it. Uh, so Patrice Corday, the heart of a father, you know, even just that little image, right? Yes, Joseph is a true father. Yes, a foster father um, is an image of God the Father. You know, another little line in there. So uh, in the synagogue, during the praying of the Psalms, Joseph would surely have heard again and again, the God of Israel is a God of tender love. You know, just that kind of a little snapshot, like, yeah, gosh, Joseph, a faithful Jewish man, 
probably would be bringing the boy Jesus to temple um, and synagogue with him in prayer. You know, gosh, to imagine Joseph at prayer with Jesus by his side, hearing these prophecies, these uh, Jewish scriptures. You know, in a way, I think this is this document is kind of the best of Pope Francis. Like it's it's short and sweet. It really kind of stirs the heart and the imagination. Um, some great little lines in scripture. So it's been fruitful for me, for sure. Now, you, uh, you, first of all, have your name, Father Joseph, Father Joe Laramie. And uh, I'm just wondering, in your own life, maybe before this year of St. Joseph, was there a particular devotion to St. Joseph present? I think so. Yeah, I, I love my name. I'm named after my grandfather, uh, Joseph Laramie, um, who, who died when my dad was, uh, was just a boy, in fact, so I did not get to meet him, although... Um, I do have a photo of him on my bookshelf. Uh, he was in World War II, so I have him in his, uh, his army uniform. Um, yeah, you know, myself, as I was praying through the spiritual exercises, when I first entered the Jesuits, um, you know, gosh, that was back in the year 2000. I was only 22 then. Um, you know, I think I felt this similar kind of call to just closeness with Jesus and Mary that, yeah, this is my name. This is my patron. Um, you know, even I could say in, in a certain way, a kind of special call to um, be part of the pro-life movement in various ways that, you know, caring for a pregnant woman, um, a little child. I've done that mainly as kind of a chaplain for school groups. Um, I've worked at a number of Jesuit schools that have all had little pro-life clubs, I've, you know, help bring them to Washington, D.C. for the march, um, just their own prayer and development. Um, and that important justice issue. So um, definitely, I'm a fan of St. Joseph. Anything special for you during this year, St. Joseph, any way that you're trying to grow in that devotion or identity with or uh, anything like that? Yeah, I, you know, one of these things, like as priests, we keep learning, right? So I had this foggy awareness, but I guess Wednesdays are a day that have been traditionally devoted to St. Joseph. Um, you know, okay, Friday can be for the cross, and then first Fridays for the Sacred Heart, of course. Okay, that's one of my special missions in my new job is to promote that devotion. Um, and then Wednesdays to St. Joseph. So I've tried to use um, some of those mass prayers for St. Joseph. There's a few of them in the Missal. That's the thick book the priest uses at the altar. And, you know, that's been fruitful for me, just, just praying with this man um, who is a saint and my patron. Definitely. And, you know, I think one of the things we hope for during this year of St. Joseph, it's kind of reintroducing him into our devotional life. I think for many Catholics, uh, Mary was always there. We have a special fondness for the rosary or statues of Mary or pictures of her, whatever. But I think for a lot of people, it's been kind of this rediscovery of, well, yeah, maybe we forgot about Joseph. And now here we have this special year of St. Joseph to say, well, he should be a part of my spiritual life too. I should ask for his prayers. I should ask for his intercession. Mm -hmm. So I know that's happening to me. That's happening for you as well. Amen. He's one of the few saints that gets uh, two, count him two feast days. So uh, in March, we get kind of his main feast day. And then also on May 1st, St. Joseph the Worker, so a special patron of all those who labor. And then again, you know, kind of tied into maybe Holy Family um, right after Christmas. So 
the Josephs in your life, feel free to give them gifts on these days and other days. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I'm so happy that we're able to talk about St. Joseph during the year of St. Joseph, during the year of St. Ignatius, during the year <laughs> of the Holy Family. So uh, this has been a wonderful conversation with you, Father Joe, and I appreciate your willingness uh, just to kind of open up the, our imagination to St. Joseph. Amen. Father Looney, thanks for all your beautiful work. You've been listening to A Cup of St. Joe, where we've served an espresso shot of teaching about St. Joseph, and now we'll have a shot of devotion during Pope Francis's Year of St. Joseph. I hope you'll stay tuned, and I hope you'll come back next week for another episode of The Cup of St. Joe. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Illustrious Son of David, pray for us. Light of Patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste Guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster Father of the Son of God, pray for us. Watchful Defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph, most just, pray for us. Joseph, most chaste, pray for us. Joseph, most prudent, pray for us. Joseph, most valiant, pray for us. Joseph, most obedient, pray for us. Joseph, most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of home life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Solace of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of Holy Church, pray for us. Guardian of the Redeemer, pray for us. Servant of Christ, pray for us. Minister of Salvation, pray for us. Guide in times of trouble, pray for us. Protector of exiles, pray for us. Protector of the afflicted, pray for us. Protector of the poor, pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. He made him the Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in thine ineffable providence did vouchsafe to choose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of thy most holy mother, grant we beseech thee that he whom we venerate as our protector on earth may be our intercessor in heaven who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen.